Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What's going on, everybody? I'm so excited to be here. Today, I'm talking about something that I've been doing for over a decade. I'm going to talk about what it takes to work as a professional colorist. I'm in Los Angeles. I am working all the time, running my own company. I'm going to give you a quick bio in one second, but I'm going to tell you the way we broke this down today, it's going to be broken into three different categories, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay, I know it's not original, but trust me, I'm going to make it worth your while. So just a super quick introduction. Um, I'm a colorist. I work in LA. I run my own studio called The Post Village uh, on YouTube. You guys can check it out or on Instagram. Just go type in thepostvillage.com. I've worked with, you know, awesome freaking brands uh, over the course of like the last decade. Worked with Vizio, Chevrolet, Dodge, P&G, Turtle Beach, people out there that are gamers, Speedo, Genesis, Honda. I mean, the list goes on, okay? I mean, I, Mazda, I work with many different clients and everybody is different, okay? You just have to learn to work with each one individually. And that's why my company is structured the same way. Like I build tailor-made teams. I only hire freelancers and then I send them off. Like, so I mean, I get a project, I assess it, I analyze it, what needs to be done, and then I hand it off to the right freaking person for the job. So that right there is a nugget. If, if I mean, the company has been super profitable because of that strategy, because there is zero overhead. I'm not paying anyone when I'm not getting work. And then when I do, boom, pass it on anywhere in the world. I don't discriminate. So that's a little bit about me. You guys probably know me on YouTube or Instagram, put out tons of content. All right. So let's talk about the good, okay? Working as a commercial colorist in LA or anywhere in the world, what are some of the pros? So the first thing that comes to mind that I can tell you is normal work hours. So you're not, like if you're working on short films or indie films or music videos or anything else in the film industry outside of commercials, there's gonna be a lot of OT and most of the time it's not paid. I mean, you know, because you're working for the credit or whatever have you, they're, you know, slipping you money under the whatever. Or if you're working with a huge company, same story goes, okay? Like MPC in Vancouver just, you know, shut their doors and they worked on Lion King that made over $1.8 billion and MPC ran out of business because big companies like Disney, they'll lock you in with a flat rate and that's the biggest mistake. But I mean, who am I to teach MPC? They're in the business much longer. But these big companies, these Goliaths like Disney or whatever, they'll lock you in, right? So with a flat rate. And then what happened is that these guys were working overtime. Like six, they were putting in 16 hour days when they were quoted to just do eight hour days for three months. They ended up putting 16 hour days. They overstaffed because they had to. They worked. It took over I don't know, four, five, six months. It took longer than what was expected. So, you know, the company basically was paying out of pocket. MPC was paying their employees out of pocket. They had to close the doors. It's super, super terrible thing because if you go look at their work, I mean, obviously they, get, they did the Lion King that made over $1.8 billion. So their work is amazing and that's what happened to them. So pro tip, do not go for the flat rate. I mean, that's just one great tip that I can tell you. Anytime they try to lock, it, lock you in, 
you know, I mean, negotiation is like a big key. We're going to get to it later. Second thing, consistent work. So it's consistent, you know, like, I mean, I just, it's a snowball effect. Like once you, you know, start working and get in the rhythm, like they're just going to keep calling you. They're going to keep calling you. They're going to keep calling you. They're going to have something more, something more, because as you think that building a connection with the client, you get comfortable. Well, it goes both ways, right? Now they're comfortable with you. They know that you know everything. You're trustworthy. Like, you know, you're reliable, all those good things so you start getting way more work and you're just working every single freaking day i mean it's crazy how it works um, i've been freelancing since 2012 and just never went back to full-time job because the work keeps rolling in like i mean you know got two emails today you know for commercial spots that they're asking for me to do remotely so it's like stuff like that it's like every day they're just coming in every from everywhere like it could be instagram you know somebody you know checking your website out and hitting you up or just flat out i mean you know like linkedin whatever social media i mean you know you guys know how much i talk about social media youtube you need to hear me you know talk about social media way way more because instagram people are getting some mad value bombs when it comes to that and what it can do for your career okay now i want to talk about third the good is it pays well. It pays really well. I mean, they you have your set day rates. So like, you know, if you're a junior colorist, if you're a senior colorist, somewhere in between, just starting out, you don't care about the money, you just want to charge whatever. Like there are set rates, you know, and that you just get if you're working with a creative agency. So, you know, you don't have to worry about that. And it pays really, really freaking well. I mean, and like I said, you, you take a good payday plus consistent work, I mean, you're balling out of control, you know? Get yourself a good tax guy, freaking it's game changer, game over. Like, just go freaking vacation. What are you doing? So fourth positive is connections. The Rolodex that you build. I mean, you're going to work on a project, you know, where some clients are going to come in. They're going to see your work. If you are a personable dude, you connect with them. Boom, all of a sudden, they get your information. You know, they, you know, hook up hook you up with, you know, their buddy, you do a little job for their buddy, and then the producer that was on that project finds out about you, hits you up. I mean, my God. I mean, it just it's just one of those things where you roll the dice and you just let it happen. You just keep attacking. You just keep doing your thing and just wait the freaking magic happens. So those are the goods. Are you ready for the bad? We're getting into the bad. Let's just do it. So... The bad, the first one has to be clients can be demanding. You've heard this. That's, you know, one of the questions that I get all the time. Clients are demanding. It, there's just no way around it. So what you have to do is uh, just suck it up. You just have to suck it up. I mean, you have to leave your ego at the door. And that's just one of those things that at you, as you get better at your job, as you get, you know, uh, more professional gigs, you become more humble and uh, you just you, you learn to take it more and more. But at the same time, you learn the fine line, the balance where you hear them out and then you feed them your ideas as it's coming out of their mouth. I mean, let me just say, say it again. You tell them what you want through their mouth. You just turn those ideas as theirs so then they can go, oh, remember when I told you this? And you're like, yeah, man, that was great. Dude, you're killing it. Like, I can't wait to work with you again. Like, you don't have to be brown noser, but I'm just saying that you'll see. Like, if you just learn that one tactic, you know, another pro tip. 
So that's the first bet. The second one is un unrealistic expectations. I mean, come on, you know, how many times you've gotten, you know, not so great footage and they wanted you to make it look like Sicario. I mean, come on, you shot something with A7S with 6,400 ISO because you thought that it can just do all the wonders and you don't need lighting. And now you wanna create a freaking Sicario look or John Wick look, you can't do that. I mean, there's so many factors that go into that. So unrealistic expectations. And again, a very fine line because you just play your cards wrong here and you lose the job. They just think that, you know, you don't wanna do it. You're a naysayer, you're out the door. So very, very important thing to keep in mind. Third, the bad would be you have to work on site. So many times, I mean, you guys have seen my setup. I mean, I'm dialed in, man. I've spent over a decade building the setup and now they just tell me, hey, Kazi, clients are gonna be coming in, man. You gotta come in. So you go in and they hook you up with sometimes calibrated, sometimes not so calibrated. Even professional monitors need to be calibrated. So sometimes you'll just sit in front of a monitor and it's just a hodgepodge setup. They might have a $12,000 computer, but then their storage that you're working off of is not fast enough. The monitor, like I said, is not really dialed in. Sometimes you'll be freaking surprised, man. Like they don't have proper lighting setup. I mean, I'm telling you all of this. I'm not gonna name any names. I'm just talking about like real freaking creative agencies that I worked for and created really professional work where this is what we're dealing with, okay? So unrealistic or work on site. So, you know, you can't use your plugins. Let's just say if you got plethora of plugins like I do at home and, you know, you can't use your setup, like, you know, you see all my stream deck and all the things that I have. So what do you do in that case? And what you do is, you know, everything that I'm putting out recently that you see on YouTube or even in my masterclass, like I try to show you um, what's in Resolve, like the default tools that you have and for this specific reason. This is exactly the reason why I show you those things because so many times I've dealt with it, right? Like, I mean, you don't want the IT department of like the creative agency you're gonna be working at to hate you. You know, you don't want anyone to hate you and they will hate you because you're gonna go in and you're gonna be like, hey, install this, this and that for me. And also, can you plug in my panel and I'm gonna be using this and that. You don't wanna do that. Make this entire process frictionless. Pro tip, make the process friction, frictionless. So, I mean, you know, you just wanna be easy going, blah, blah, blah. So that's why everything that you see from me, I try to keep it right there, you know? We're not starting out with the freaking LUT. I mean, come on, don't be a LUT, you know what I'm saying? So you don't wanna start with that, you just wanna do things right. Fourth, this is hard to freaking swallow, man. That this, this one breaks my heart. No matter what you do, no matter which company I worked for, the end result compared to what I wanted was freaking vanilla. Because think of any big company, right? Intel, yes, they make enterprise level stuff, but then they also make consumer level products. So then they would wanna make something that's in between so it can hit a wider audience it covers a wider gamut and that's where things just become vanilla compared to like if i'm controlling something like you know this is my instagram account this is my youtube channel i get to control it the kind of stuff that i want to put out ah you don't have that luxury so what do i do here's another pro tip everything that you see on my website pretty much like 90% of the work is regraded. I just brought it in, I regraded it. Like 
I don't care. If, if they want to sue me, they can just go sue me. But the thing is, it just wasn't there. Like when I handed it off to them, like the changes that we made, it wasn't just crushing my soul. It was just actually not that great. And it's a simple reason why. A creative director usually have a one, uh, like, main skill right so like foundation where he's coming from so he could be a designer like who's just a badass designer and this guy is a freaking don draper right from Mad Men, and then he comes in with all these ideas and everything just remember he's not a colorist you're a colorist so then when he's gonna have some input on color it can be good it can be great just like you're not a creative director so you can't tell him how to tell a story. You're a colorist. You can enhance the story. You can help him support his narrative, but you can't really write his script, right? So, I mean, that's just what you got to think about. Again, don't fight him on it. Do it and then change it later. Just remember, pro tip. All right. Want to get into the ugly. Let's talk about the ugly. Now, this is the stuff that stinks, okay? And that's what it is. They want you to do it all. They just, they want you to do it all. They want you to know all. I mean, there's jobs that I got on where they were just like, there you go. I'm like, what is this? And they're like, oh, here's the footage in Premiere Pro. You're going to conform it. You're going to bring it into Resolve. Then you're going to color it. Like, do whatever you got to do. They just left me with the Premiere project. And I'm going, I'm a colorist. Like, I got to grade this. You booked me for a day, that's what it's gonna take to actually make art and color this thing, not to freaking conform it, then bring it into Resolve, then readjust the repos, speed ramps, frame rates, all those freaking issues. It's gonna take freaking half a day or sometimes longer than that and then start grading it. Like, what is going on? So they want you to do it all. That's where it becomes way more than you just knowing you know, how to drop a lot and calling yourself a colorist. And that's like, you know, that's, uh, I'm not attacking anyone. I'm just saying you really need to know. This is why I keep hitting on those like, you know, fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. People get into like, hey, show me how to work in ACES. Well, do you actually know how to bring in a shot into Resolve the proper way and then out of Resolve? Why don't we start there? You get what I'm saying? So that's my point. Like, you really need to know this. And there's so many different things, you know, like you will have clients sit in with you, watch you, like literally just hover over your freaking, you know, head and just watch you work. You need to know all the protocols, like how do you start a grade? Where do you go from this to that and the other thing? Like, you know, you have to balance your shots first. You like, you know, then you have to understand what's, you know, what kind of different cameras they're using, color science, understanding of all that stuff, which is like a beast in its own right. Like shot matching, don't even get me started on that. So many people, you know, deal with that. And that's probably one of the biggest things. Like when I started grading, the hardest thing was shot matching. Like, I mean, I would spend freaking an hour grading one shot and then I go to the next shot that was shot with a different camera and I'm like oh this copy paste function is not working what am I supposed to do so understand that that like, there's so much that goes in on into that whole thing and so that's that right shot matching then you get into the color grading and then how do you grade something because you do it too much they freak out they want you to go all the way back and scratch everything so you have to be really good at that you have to speak the lingo take them through it you know get take them in confidence that's so important for a colorist because you just don't get a benefit of the doubt in this field right i mean they just want you to freaking like either you know it or you don't know it and you just like 
read user guides for freaking breakfast and that doesn't cut it. You don't want to confuse your clients. You want to like just grab their hand and take them through the process and uh, you know, just pet them. Just think of them as like your cats. I have two cats. I love them. Like I have a shirt that says I'm a cat daddy. Love it. It's original. So that those are the things you got to remember. Second ugly point is they expect 10 times what they're paying you. I mean, tell me every single person who's worked on any gig. I don't care. It doesn't need to be actually a, you know, commercial gig or professional gig. I mean, short films, they just expect the world from you, right? They want you to like just literally give up your family to work on their project that's going to, you know, go into some festivals, you know? So I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So they'll pay you $200 and they expect you to do, you know, $2,000 worth of job. Um, so what I say to that, that's what I do anyways. Like I live by bringing on 10x. I don't care. Like, you know, I mean, I laugh about it. I tell you guys sometimes that I don't sleep. I don't sleep. I sleep for three hours here and there. I'm so excited on life. That's like if you were a freaking gamer and the new Call of Duty drops tomorrow, you're going to be having trouble sleeping, man. You're going to be freaking pumped. Same thing with like when back in the day, the Dark Knight came out. I could not wait. Like I was counting the freaking, you know, days till it came out. And I am like that on life. Like I really am. And I live and breathe this stuff. So then, you know, when you guys praise me and shower me, shower me with all the love and you guys say, Kazi, man, how do you keep going? Well, bro, it's too easy. It's like, how do I keep eating every day? Like I just, I have to do it. So it's like, it's the thing that just keeps me going. It's my fuel. So so like let's get into the pro tip here which would be is that something that you live or breathe you know that's a very important question like so many times people are like hey man what about the balance man what about this and that like i mean dude when you're passionate about something you're gonna change lives do you want to change lives or do you want to be just like a cute little billy who just knows a little bit about balance and like watches you know super bowl on sundays and just thinks that He's got it. He's figured it out. You know, he's not like the freaking some, you know, he's not like me or some other psycho who's just putting in the work and, you know, actually making a difference. So, you know, there has to be a bigger like calling. And I feel like when they expect you to do 10 times, you freaking deliver on that and you give them 10 times or even more than that. Okay. So that's my, you know, counter to the ugly. Third, and this is a big one, and I'm talking about, I mean, some of you heard the story that I mentioned uh, about what happened recently. I was working with a company, big client. I'm talking about huge client. 80% of my revenue is coming from this freaking client, okay? 80%, huge freaking client. I'm buddies with everybody. I'm freaking, I shower them with gifts. I mean, I'm talking about $1,500 of freaking gift cards every Christmas. And not only just gift cards to schmooze them, I'm talking about like deep heart-to-heart -heart connection. Anytime I went into the freaking office, sat down, had like long chats with everyone, knew them outside of work, just I somehow there was one person had a thing for me, I was out the door. I'm talking about like I everything that they play in their agency is graded by me. Everything that they play in their agency is graded by me. I'm out the door because I just ticked off somebody it, that person is not even on the top of that totem pole. I'm talking about just somehow, somewhere. I don't even know what I did. I actually know what I did. They wanted me to work from the office. And I said, I have worked, you know, for years working remotely with this client. It's okay if I work 
like remotely, it's okay. They didn't like it, boom, I'm out the door. All the directors and all the head honchos and thousands of dollars of gifts that I showered them with, nothing. Like freaking bringing them to parties and inviting them over to my house and like opening the door to my, you know, like to them, you know, to my family. None of that matters. Out the door. So what do you do about it? You don't do what I did. You don't do the 80-20 rule here. You don't build, like, rely on one client so freaking much. Break it up. The, the big thing about being a freelancer is that you have that luxury. You really have that luxury. You can build, like, a crazy clientele, re recurring clientele, a, like a huge snowball that just keeps getting bigger. And you just take a job here, you take a job there, you take a job here, you take a job there, you work with this guy, you work with that guy, you just stay nimble, like boom, 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 move. People who watch soccer, you got to be messy. You got to be messy in this freaking business. Like just move, just dribble through, you know, and just, but how do you do that? I mean, it's daunting, right? Like people whose brain don't think like working freelance and where do you even start and what is it about? Color grading is so freaking new just as a field. Is it even real? Like what are people actually even doing in this? Like can you actually make money in that? Like there's so many freaking questions that are going through everybody's head, right? By the way, these things that I'm talking about can easily be applicable to anything, right? Because I always say I'm a businessman first, I'm an artist second. That's how I live my life. I got to feed my family. I got to freaking dominate. I got to give them the best life that, you know, more, like, I just got to give them everything. I just got to live up to my own potential and my potential is freaking limitless. And that's, that's the mentality. That is no rah-rah. That's the mentality. That's like getting the freaking results. Like that's, that's me saying like the last six months, you know, becoming a freaking fastest growing, you know, channel on Instagram, like becoming a fastest growing channel when it comes to color grading on YouTube. This is no joke. These are the platforms that billions of people are on try it. Not everybody can do it. But when you have that drive, when you have that conviction, I mean, I have so much conviction that you might as well call me a convict. Is that a good one? I mean, I, I just worked on it. I told my wife and she hated it, but I'm filled with dad jokes. So I got to throw them whenever I get a chance. You know what I'm saying? All right. Fourth ugly is price and day rate. Again, this is a big one. Pri like, I'm telling you, I have lost gigs because I've underquoted myself. Have you ever heard of that? I've underquoted myself and I lost that job. So what the what is that about? Right? I mean what what's the right rate? Who's talking about the right rates? Go get a freaking boot camp and they don't talk about it. You'll be like out fifteen hundred bucks and you'll drive through freaking Burbank traffic, which is the worst in the world. And at the end, no, like you don't get that freaking go spend four years in school. Nobody tells you about rates because they're teachers. They're not practitioners. They're not doing it. They don't know the rates, you know, in their defense. So like all these questions that I'm talking about are all the questions in my head. All the things that I just put out here are all the failures that I went through. Things that went wrong. Things that went south. And there is no roadmap. And I'm going to tell you truly. I mean, that's just the truth. Professional colorists don't want to share crap with you. Okay? They don't want to give it up. They know that they're banking it. It's the wild, wild west. They're making so much money. They're just naming their rates. I mean, Amazon is paying $1,500 an hour for HDR work. 
what are you talking about? This is freaking crazy world right now, okay? Whereas a senior colorist is getting paid $800 to $1,000 day rate. Like $1,500 an hour, you know? And I mean, mind you, that's a company that they're working with, not an individual, but you can register yourself into a company tomorrow if you want to. You can become an S-Corp tonight. And on that note, work hard, get obsessed, get possessed. I will see you guys in the next video. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode.